This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Welcome along to this podcast. And this week we were joined by guitarist Kel, but we weren't shining the light on an artist or an album. It was a movie, a classic movie from 1977 with the most amazing soundtrack. We are talking Saturday Night Fever. Get your dancing shoes on and enjoy the podcast. And don't forget, join me live on the show weeknights, 8 through 10, right here on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back into the show. And it's great to have uh, Kel, the guitarist, everyone's favourite guitarist in town, back uh, in our studios. Kel, how are you doing? Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be back. How are you? Uh, Very, very good. Now, normally we look at albums or we shine a spotlight on a certain artist. But um, this week, we're going to take a look at a movie. And it's quite a special one for me, this movie. Uh, for a, several reasons and I'm just going to set the scene with uh, a little piece of music that I actually learned to play when I was a teenager on my Hammond organ in my uh, living room in, uh, in Shaw, Manchester in the UK and it sounded like this tell you, you can hear all the instrumentation on that tune. It took a fair lot of learning to get a decent version of it on my Hammond organ, but did master it in the end. It's a piece, a piece called Manhattan Skyline, and it's by a composer called David Shire, and this appeared um, on the movie soundtrack that we're going to review tonight, set in Manhattan, and it is, Kel? It's Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, all right. Saturday Night Fever takes me way, way back, and I can still remember vividly going to watch this for the first time. Me and my proper girlfriend at the time walked down Deansgate in Manchester from where we used to work in Kendall Mills um, uh, department store to the theatre there to watch Saturday Night Fever. And it changed my life. It's It's a movie that totally changed my life. I wanted to be John Travolta. I think everybody did, and even now when you see it, and it's been great kind of revisiting this and yeah. re-watching the clips, there's so many iconic moments that have just slipped into the zeitgeist of life. He's dancing, that, that move that he yeah, has. The that suit, everybody the white suit. The white suit. The uh, lighting up dance floor. Yeah. Um, just so many great scenes. But of course, you know, kind of uh, there's a sadness to it as well um, yeah. with... Um, one of the characters, a girl who really adores John Travolta, but he doesn't want to know yeah. her, you know, and he really puts her through it. I think that's the thing. It's It was the movie is very much set of its time. And it's kind of, it had a lot of social commentary and he's actually deeper. And I think we kind of forget this because we're so used to the soundtrack, which is amazing. Yeah. And I think it's probably the biggest soundtrack of all time. And especially at that time, that wasn't yeah, really done that often. About it, yeah. yeah, but when you, when you actually watch the film, it's like, oh, there's a lot more in that than you think. It's a, a lot more than a guy just dancing on the uh, definitely, on a, on yeah. The floor. And of course, from a musical point of view, this was 
really the Bee Gees, you know, introducing themselves as the kings of disco music, wasn't it? You know, I mean, that, that's when they went falsetto yeah. and really took the world by storm by oh, maybe f- six, seven pieces of music on this album that they recorded. And then, you know, there's a lot of instrumental stuff on there. Yeah. Also, Tavares, um, yeah. a band at the time, were on there, which we'll get to a little bit later on. But what are some of the interesting facts that you've dug up? Because that's your speciality on, <laughs> on this movie. I do like a number. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... It, well, it came out on December 12th, 1977. The yeah. movie cost $8 million to make. In its first couple of weeks, it had already made $85 million, And today, I think it's done nearly $300 million. Wow. That's a pretty good return on investment. Um, in terms of the actual album, the album has sold um, 40 million copies worldwide. Yeah. I mean, some artists, some artists we've featured before do that in their career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just one album. 25 million between 77 and 80. Uh, 16 uh, platinum records. The album stayed atop the charts for 24 straight weeks from January to July 78. It remained on the Billboard One album charts for 120 weeks. And, uh, and it won a Grammy for the, uh, the album of the year. Uh, that's incredible as it is. And prior to the release of Thriller by Michael Jackson, Saturday Night Fever was the best-selling album music history in the US, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is just mind-blowing. So, you know, coming from uh, a, a movie, and uh, and as we mentioned, a, a lot of these songs were composed by the Bee Gees. You look at the track listing, Staying Alive, the opening track, yeah. uh, How Deep Is Your Love, Night Fever, More Than A Woman, um, all composed by the Bee Gees, even Yvonne Allemans, if I can't have you. Yeah, and there's some other great tracks on there as well. Um, Open Sesame, Cool and the Gang. That's a classic, classic song. Disco Inferno. Um, So many other things. So I think that's the other reason, although it's very much tagged as kind of like a Bee Gees record, uh, and there's there's a big story of their involvement with the origin of the movie. Uh, but the soundtrack itself has just got so much stuff on it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, right. Let's get a song in then, shall we? This is yeah. our classic movie for this week. We're going to start with uh, Tune Call Staying Alive. Yeah, there's an interesting story behind this. So we'll, we'll get more into the origins of, of the movie in a moment. But originally they'd, um, they'd asked for a song called Saturday Night. And the Bee Gees already had this, uh, and they kind of went, well, there's a lot of songs that already say Saturday night. Um, was it Bay City Rollers had yeah, Saturday night? Elton John, Saturday nights for da- uh, for dancing or fighting. Yeah, yeah. Fighting. <laughs> <laughs> One leads to the other. Same thing. <laughs> right. um, yeah, so they kind of heard it, and they said, well, we've got this song called Staying Alive. Uh, and then they kind of were really, really insistent on it, and that had quite a big influence on how the actual title of the fi- of the film actually came about, and um, yeah, it starts. This is this is the opening um, sequence of oh, the movie as I, well. I can tell you that sequence. <laughs> it's John Travolta. He's got a very cool brown leather jacket on there. You know the flared trousers great shoes and he's walking down the street there in Manhattan and uh, he's stopping looking at uh, the cool shirts in, in yeah. shop windows you know yeah. and uh, he, he's not got the greatest job in the world I think he works in a paint, paint shop. shop Yeah, and um, you know he's trying to rustle up the money to get this fantastic shirt that he's going to go to the disco at uh, the weekend so uh, let's get started strutting our stuff down a street in Manhattan with John Travolta as we look at that classic movie Saturday Night Fever
Staying Alive then, first song from our soundtrack of uh, the movie Saturday Night Fever and that opening uh, sequence in the film, seeing John Travolta as his character Tony Monero strutting down uh, the streets of uh, Brooklyn in the borough of uh, New York. Of course, uh, an Italian-American kind of uh, background. What are some of the origins of this film, uh, Cal? Yeah, it's a really interesting story because this started as an article uh, which appeared in New York magazine in June 1976, and it was originally called Tribal Rights of the Saturday Night. Sorry, Tribal Rights of the New Saturday Night. Tribal Rights. Tribal Rights of the New Saturday Night. (laughs) Okay. And it was kind of what the film was loosely based on, and guys that are working all week but and then kind of let loose and go yeah. to discos it's kind of got week. gang stuff in it as well yeah yeah it? exactly know? it's almost like another west side story yeah 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 it's very much set set kind of within within the within that time and interesting enough john travolta initially had thought of buying the rights to that story because it resonated so much yeah to make a movie however there was a gentleman called robert stigwood who eventually brought the rights now his name's interesting because he's also the bg's manager Oh, okay. <laughs> so we can start kind of start yeah. to connect the dots. So yeah. how their involvement came in. So he so he read the article. He bought the rights. Thought this will be this will be a great independent movie. So he contacted them. Now at the time the Bee Gees were in France. They were mixing a live album, and they'd also started writing on what would have been their next album. So Robert called them and said, um, "We're doing this this kind of low budget film. We need some songs. Can you help us? You know, mm-hmm. we want you to do it." And they're yeah. like, "We we don't have time. We're, we're mixing an album." They said, "Look, we've already got four or five songs kind of in the bag. If you guys want to come down, have a listen. Um, let's see if they work." And interestingly enough, and and they're so synonymous with the film, but they wrote these before they knew anything about the film. It was so uh, they weren't actually written for the film. No, no, this is it. Bee Gees didn't wow. actually have time. So, that, so these were songs, independent songs that they'd written, but my this, goodness, don't they fit the movie so well? Well, that's, that's the amazing thing. It's like thing. fate. Yeah, it really is, because they said that we, we don't have time, but but come down. So he came down from LA to France with a few of the uh, executives from Paramount, and they played um, uh, Staying Alive, Night Fever, um, If I Can't Have You, wow. <laughs> which, which are just so synonymous with the film. Yeah. But they were actually written before. Yeah, so they, I, I guess, had Saturday Night Fever not happened, have been on their new album. Exactly. Yeah, been on the new album. Yeah. Interesting stories. We're going to come back and delve a little bit deeper into this uh, movie and fantastic album soundtrack for Saturday Night Fever. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Welcome back. Yes, and we found ourselves in Brooklyn in in New York. And uh, something I didn't know, um, the actual shots for Saturday Night Fever, the movie, in the discotheque were in a, a real club. It was called 2001 Odyssey Disco, a real club located at 802 64th Street. And playing music like this... There's another one that I learned to play. Uh, I just adored this soundtrack. And, you know, as well as all the big songs, um, Cal, there's a lot of lovely orchestration on, mm. on the soundtrack to this. This is Mother, Father, Sister, Brother, who 
were um, kind of the Philadelphia record label's house band. And, uh, and they recorded this. It's called KG. And uh, I'll, I'll just keep it going underneath yeah. our conversation because it really kind of sets that New York discotheque scene back in the 1970s. Yes, uh, it's absolutely fabulous. And I think that's the thing that runs through the whole of this. And a lot of 70s, a lot of 70s disco and funk, the writing and the orchestration are so strong. Strings were a huge yeah, part yeah, of it. Yeah. And they had string orchestras yeah. that, that would they'd hire... And, it, and huge brass sections, and mm. you can just feel the energy just so come It's off almost of like it. the Barry White kind of uh, yeah. style, isn't yeah. it? And from a guitar player, I guess it's very rhythmic, very Nile Rogers style, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like, playing on these tunes. Yeah, it's great fun to play, but you, you really have to lock in with what the rhythm's doing. Yeah. Uh, and there's the odd little bits and pieces here. But that's kind of where the wah-wah came, you know, like whacka, whacka, yeah, whacka. Yeah, yeah. That was very popular in the 70s. It was. The theme from Shaft probably yeah. made that uh, <laughs> very, very famous. So, um, our second tune, what do we know um, about this next song? Yeah, so there's a couple of things with this one. So, once, once uh, it had all started, John Travolta prepared for the movie and the dancing to this particular track. Um, and when they were coming to the main dance sequences... And they were suggesting Night Fever, and they were saying, and he insisted, no, this is the song. Really? This is the song, yeah. So he did that. And um, and this particular song also had a huge impact on the club scene as well, because I think the difference between, and you can hear that song that you just played with this, this kind of became more disco y. And what was interesting is when they wrote these songs, they didn't want him to be disco. They kind of almost don't like that term, the Bee Gees. They called it Blue Eye Soul. Mm. That's where they kind of moved, although it completely started a movement which they, <laughs> which they didn't intend. And the, and the final thing, and I think this is this shows how strong this album is and the influence and the respect it has uh, from a musical level. The Foo Fighters had a side project called the DGs. Okay, <laughs> the DGs. <laughs> yeah, they have lots of these little side yeah. side bands. And yeah. One of them was called the, the DGs, just out of respect for those. And uh, and this song was they did a cover of that. And this is uh, you should be dancing.
Yeah, we are looking at the soundtrack of uh, the movie Saturday Night Fever that, of course, starred John Travolta back in 1977. Gist of it, he was um, working in a paint shop, uh, Cal, and, uh, you know, it was nine to five throughout the week and he lived for his dancing at the weekend. Yeah, and he was known within all of the clubs as the number one dancer, so everybody would go and see him dance at the weekends. Um, And I think he was in that frustration of... Oh, I've got I've got a nine to five day uh, job to do. What yeah. am I going to do with my life? I'm not going to be able to dance for, forever. Yeah, all of the social stuff that's going going on at that age within New York, he falls in love. You know, all of these yeah. kind of yeah, things. Yeah. But all he wanted to do was just dance. Yeah, and of course that that tune was really um, the one that highlighted the, the fantastic white yeah. suit that he wore, and of course the hands going up in the air. <laughs> um, it's it's an absolute disco classic. Now, couple. Uh, when was it? Maybe a year ago, I was lucky enough to interview uh, a band called Tavares, who also appear on the soundtrack of this particular album. They sing what is a Bee Gees composition, uh, but the Bee Gees didn't make it onto the album. And uh, we had a chat to the guys from Tavares and, and found out exactly why. Yeah, you know what? That and it, and it almost didn't happen. To to be honest with you, uh, it, because uh, they had hired a new producer in the middle of making the movie. They got rid of the old producer of the movie and they brought in a new one. And he wanted to start right where our song came in. And we hadn't finished recording it yet because we were in um, South Africa. So mm-hmm. when we got back, uh, they decided that they were just going to use the Bee Gees demo. And then there was a big discussion between the Capitol Records and RSO Records. Finally, they ironed everything out and uh, we were in the studio and we did a uh, Woman. woman. Yeah, and when we when they did more than a woman, it didn't fit. Yeah, it didn't sync, and so they had to go into the studio, and and com- record a whole new version of that part where they were going to put the song. That's where uh, John Travolta and the girl that he was dancing with yeah. had to uh, make a new scene to accommodate where we had our song and how it fit into the movie. And of course, that went on to to win you a Grammy Award, Ralph. It went on to win us our first Grammy Award, yes. And, yeah, yeah. And, and just just to add to Ralph's conversation, uh, the reason why it was it, they that the uh, as I recall it was um, there was an agreement also made when they when they had to make that switch that they could not release it as a single, the, their version, and ours would be the only one allowed to be a single. At back in, back then. The only one they could get their hands on was ours. So it was touch and go who was going to get um, on yeah. there. They had to totally reshoot the scene um, to fit in with the, the version from Tavares of More Than a Woman, which was actually used in that famous sequence on the flashing lights on the dance floor with the dance competition from Tavares.
So that's the version from Tavares of More Than a Woman. Of course, the Bee Gees also recorded it. But um, some similarities... Um, you know, yeah. talk about brothers in arms. Um, <laughs> three brothers of the Bee Gees, but the Tavares brothers, I think, were six or seven of them. Yeah, um, that's right. That's, um, and you can tell with the harmonies that they're, you know, related, can't you? Yeah, there's just there's just this connection which you don't hear the same way as where you hear other artists sing together. Yeah. Um, and especially, I think, with Tavares and with the Bee Gees, especially the Bee Gees because they had that tone and that kind of higher pitch. Yeah. But with Tavares, you've got this... One, it's, it's almost like a like a keyboard layer of just beautiful soul mm, because yeah. their their voices intertwine so wonderfully. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a funny old interview. I'll never forget that one. The, all the seven brothers on different screens on Zoom, and um, you know each kind of, they were kind of disagreeing with each other on some of the answers. <laughs> a, a little bit of an argument uh, ensued. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it was great of them to come on and have a chat and you know talk about those memories. They did actually meet the BGs quite a few times during uh, the making of that film and uh, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this uh, classic movie Saturday Night Fever which we are featuring and uh, we're just going to pull that tempo back a little bit and feature a beautiful ballad when we come back This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd On Dubai Eye 103.8 The UAE's number one talk radio station Yeah, looking at the movie Saturday Night Fever here's another one of those instrumentals tell you that one's a little bit more difficult to play it's called a fifth of beethoven it's got that lovely clavinet keyboard um playing away there with all the strings um another one from uh, the soundtrack of this fabulous um, album and movie that we are looking at um put together of course by the bgs and uh, a fifth of beethoven that's called there we go yeah that's early sampling isn't it it is <laughs> i mean you know this is one of the biggest movies of the year but what else was uh, was around in 1977 if we wanted to go to the cinemas yeah there was a couple of biggies so you had star wars episode four new hope was out yeah close encounters of the third kind yeah uh, and also Smokey and the Bandits. So right. some, some big films out there, yeah. some big hitters. Yeah, definitely. No two ways about it. But none with the soundtrack, anything like no. this one. <laughs> now, we're going to come back to the writers of most of the music um, on this album, who are the Bee Gees. And uh, th- this is uh, the ballad that they're famous for on this album. Yeah, and it's interesting because they, whilst they're very known for, for their own music, they've done some incredible songs which they've written for other artists. Yeah. So a few of those are Woman in Love, Barbara Streisand, oh, yeah. Heartbreaker, Dionne Warwick, yeah. uh, Islands in the Stream, to a Chain Reaction, Diana Ross. Diana Ross. Yeah. One of the most complicated songs I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then a lot of people will know uh, How Deep Is Your Love to take that cover. But um, there's a wonderful urban myth attached to this particular song because Take, take That had a song called Back For Good. Oh, yeah. You remember yeah, that yeah, song? I know that one. Yeah. So... The, the kind of urban myth behind this is that the Bee Gees actually wrote it and then they gave it to take that and said, you have it, you claim the credits, but when you break up, we want one of you, we want you to cover one of our songs as your final single. Really? Yeah. And, um, and if you listen to it, the way uh, Back for Good is constructed musically, because Bee Gees music is very sophisticated. 
you know, mm-hmm. if, if you play, I'm sure you've played them yourselves. They're not yep. standard stuff. It's it's actually quite complicated. <laughs> There's a lot of chords in those. Back for good, the same. And what was interesting, I remember seeing Robbie Williams when he came here and played at uh, Nadal Sheba. Right. That, a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. And he did Back for Good, and he just said a throwaway comedy. He said, oh, here's a song written by the Bee Gees, and then went into it. So this has been rumoured, and a, a, a few friends of mine within, within the music industry have told me the same story. So apparently, Back for Good was written by the Bee Gees, uh, but purely on the condition given to them. So Take That could kind of go, no, that's my song. You know, mm-hmm. we wrote it, we get all the credits. But when they split up, that they covered um, How Deep Is Your Love. Yeah, and here's the original from the soundtrack, once again, a Saturday Night Fever. What a song, How Deep Is Your Love. Touch me in the pouring rain And the moment that you wander far from me I want to feel you in my arms again And you come to me on a summer breeze Keep me warm in your love Then you softly leave And it's me you need to
So there we have it from the soundtrack of Saturday Night Fever, How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. Of course, star John Travolta back in 1977. And my goodness, what a career he had after that. He yeah. went straight on to Greece, of course, the following year. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the amazing thing. It was, um, I think, round about that time as well, it had these huge stars now like uh, Sylvester Stallone with Rocky. That was out the same yeah. sort of time. Yeah. These small independent films, and they just turned into... Huge, huge stars. Yeah, and what about the music of, of 1977? If we didn't buy this soundtrack, which not many of us, I'm sure, did, but uh, uh, what else could you uh, add to your collection? Well, there was a few great choices that were, that were out that then. Um, David Bowie Heroes, yeah. Steely Dan, Aya. Okay. Absolute classic. <laughs> yeah, we'll go for that. <laughs> Commodores, Commodores, that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Out of Hell, Meatloaf, Bob Marley and the Whalers, Exodus, Pink Floyd, Animals. So there was a lot yeah. of... Uh, there was a lot of good vinyl serious, out there, yeah. Serious music yeah. around, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, can you remember seeing the movie for the first time? Did uh, I I'd, mean, did yeah. you revisit it later on? Yeah, I did. I think like quite a lot of people, you, you know it through the soundtrack and you know it through that iconic dance scene yeah. um, that, that everybody's seen. And then when I've watched the movie afterwards... It's like as we were saying earlier, it's actually a lot deeper than that. It's, yeah. it's a bit richer. And I think, like Greece is similar as well, I think, because we know the song so well, but when you actually watch the movie, there's so many elements you kind of go, oh, I wouldn't have thought that sort of thing would be in there, but mm. that's really good. It's, it's, it's got some real good context to it. Yeah, I think I need to go back and watch it again this I weekend. Do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my white suit out the wardrobe and get it dry cleaned and, and do my moves of, of John Travolta. Uh, we couldn't play out without, um, of course, the, the title track to, uh, to the album. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so this was the third single, but it was the biggest hit. It was uh, on the Hot 100 for eight weeks, and it also topped the British charts for two weeks and won a Grammy Award as the best vocal performance by a group. And of course, it is Night Fever.
we are then. The Bee Gees with uh, the uh, title track, of course. Night Fever from uh, that classic movie, 1977 and Saturday Night Fever. And if you ever go for your holidays to a place called the Isle of Man... Um, on the Douglas Promenade, which is the capital there, there's um, a lovely statue of, of the three Bee Gees. Of course, yeah. that's where they grew up, on, on the Isle of Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, originally from Manchester, but yeah. then went to Australia, of course, then came back and, uh, and just made it big. I mean, those harmonies, I don't think you can replicate those unless you are blood relatives. No, and I think you can really tell the difference where you hear certain artists which, which are related, like you mentioned, like the Everly Brothers, those kind of artists, there's just this connection that it just mixes so, so well. Yeah. Even if they're, the notes are a different different kind of octave, the Carpenters are probably a fantastic yeah. example of yeah, this. Yeah. No one can sound like them. You put someone else in, they can sing the note, mm. but it's it just doesn't merge yeah. quite as yeah. well. Yeah, we need to do a Carpenters one of these days. Yeah, but should. really enjoyed that. Um, great movie, fantastic soundtrack. Cal, uh, thanks so much for putting that together. It's been great to see you. My pleasure. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.